0: Hello, sports fans of the Rio Grande Valley. This is your podcast host, Ray Sova of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. Don't forget, we drop episodes every Monday here on Anchor.fm forward slash STBS. This week's guest, he has been on our show before. He has his own roller hockey organization in the Rio Grande Valley. We welcome back Nate Mata to talk about the impressive run that the Dallas Stars have been throughout their Stanley Cup quest. Thanks for listening to our podcast. And don't forget, folks, if you like what you hear, then go ahead and follow us on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts and Spotify. We drop episodes every Monday here on Anchor.FM. Hello, sports fans of the Rio Grande Valley. And thank you for joining us on another edition of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. Don't forget we drop episodes every week on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. This week's guest, he has been on our show before, promoting his organization of RGB Roller. He is none other than Nate Mata. Nate, welcome back to the show. How are you today?
1: Hello. I'm doing well. I'm uh, doing really good. I'm really glad that you brought me on to talk hockey again. Um, it's uh, it's an exciting time, so I'm, I'm honored to, uh, to hop back on once again. And how about you? How are you feeling with this whole Stanley Cup going on? Your team's in the final. It's uh, stressful moments. Uh, how's the blood pressure?
0: Uh, blood pressure is, is hanging on for dear life right now. Uh, overtime games uh, just... And take it up another notch
1: if you know what i mean oh yeah there's nothing like uh playoff hockey and then when it goes to overtime and you know that that goal could end you know your team's season um i mean we're talking on the on the heels of of a game uh game five the series was extended and Oh my gosh, yeah, it it is so crazy, and and, uh, the star is in the final for the first time since uh, the year 2000, and uh, a year before that, in 1999, they're Stanley Cup champions. Uh, How does it feel? Is there a lot of nostalgia seeing your team uh, back in the Stanley Cup final?
0: Uh, Yes, yes, uh, a lot of nostalgia only because of the opponents that they had to take on, in particular with the... uh, Colorado Avalanche, a uh long time a nemesis in the nineties and two thousands era where uh you had the Joe Sakic, uh Peter Forsberg taking on the Jerry Letnins and the Mike Modanos of the world. You also have uh Sergei Zubov uh dueling uh Sandis Ozilinch, a former shark. Uh I know you're a fan of the uh, sharks, but Joe Pavelski, Running into that fountain of youth and oh. setting all sorts of uh, records uh, for American-born players with the Stars recently.
1: Yeah, well, so you you've been a, a Stars fan for a long time. If anyone is is getting into hockey or is getting into hockey since the Stars last one, uh, Ray is an original fan. I kind of wanted to talk to you about your upbringing, uh, you know, around this hockey team. And you saw Mike Medano, who was also one of the best American goal scorers. Talk about your journey, uh, loving this team and, and uh, what it feels like to to having seen a cup before and now seeing an opportunity for Dallas to try to get their second. Uh,
0: well, the story goes back uh, into the 1995-96 season. Um, I was a young kid, probably nine ten years old at the time. Uh, back then, Fox had television rights to uh, show hockey games on TV, and when they would have like a heavy uh, regional schedule, uh, one of the very first Dallas Stars games on TV that I that I saw was against the uh, St. Louis Blues, and you know that kind of captivated me for a little while uh, because Fox had this thing where they would track the uh, puck and it would glow like, uh, like a bright red, you know. And every time when the when the puck was shot, it, it kind of looked like a little fireball on, on TV screens. And eventually they went away from that, and they uh, ended up just sticking to the old uh, traditional hockey. And when the Stars kept making the playoffs, it was like one of those things like, it was heartbreak after heartbreak until, uh, in 99 well once they started making that deep run, that extra push, it was when, you know, I started paying more attention, but then when only Fox was able to show like hockey once a week, I had to find a way to, to watch this team one way or another and living here in the Rio Grande Valley, um, uh, the only way you could tell that y- you had the resources was ha- having cable television. I grew up uh, the vast majority of my life not having uh, cable television until I probably reached my sophomore year in high school. Okay, That's when I first started having cable. But it was uh, hard enough for me to ask my parents to go, uh, ask for permission to go watch the hockey games at my backdoor neighbor's house because uh, there was a lot of insecurity then. So um, with all that insecurity, it was kind of hard for me because a lot of the Dallas Stars games would come out like late at night, like past 8 p.m., and that that made it even more challenging for me. So I would have to uh, wait for my local news or read the local paper, anything to get me uh, informed about the Dallas Stars making their – uh, cup run in uh, 99 so from there it would take me uh, it would take it would take me time to read about my teeth, but it was uh, one of those things where uh, thankfully I was able to uh, get the proper information needed
1: yeah times have definitely changed and it was hard back then uh, especially you know it wasn't easy to uh, find streams for games or be able to watch games on your phone or be able to watch highlights right away but um, talk about being a, a hockey fan in not just Texas but this corner of Texas and I know that we were lucky enough to have the killer bees in our lives for a point of time that uh, no longer exists but you know liking hockey is not uh, that common it's not uh did you ever have anyone to talk to stars talk about stars games with? Because uh, it's it's a little different down here than any other part of the country.
0: Um, uh, primarily it it was a little hard o- only because um I I grew up in a family where uh, the Spanish uh, language uh, dominated the household, and it was kind of hard for me to translate at the time uh, how happy I was or even sad how. Well, when the uh when the stars would play and when they would lose. I mean of course uh I would just be like a normal kid go on uh go on with life. Uh but then um one night uh, when um the sta- when the Stanley Cup's finals against the Buffalo uh were happening, even the semi even the conference final series against Colorado, it made it uh a little bit easier because uh, my grandpa was uh, in in the area vi- visiting my other aunts in, in Mexico, so I knew that was a chance for me to get to see hockey, hang out with family, and you know, uh, I would ask my older cousins at the time who would, who would have a little bit more resources. They're all like, "Okay, Ray, here you go. Here's the television. Here's here's the game. Now uh, now watch it." And, and thankfully, I was able to watch. And then, uh, as the promotions of the game of the upcoming games would, would go on, I was able to see uh, like the further schedule. And then once uh, ABC and ESPN uh, shared the uh, Stanley Cup's rights at the time to uh, show them on, on national TV, it became a little easier for me. And once they played Buffalo, well, okay, it made it a little easier for me because now the games uh started at seven and not at eight PM so it gave me uh it, it gave me about thirty minutes to watch the game before I, I'd have to uh retract home and and watch the uh and try to hear about the games either by local news or the newspaper.
1: So, um, you know, this this idea for this episode, I I know that, you know, you're usually the one asking the questions and uh, I wanted to turn it around because I don't know a bigger Dallas Stars fan than I know you. Um, So what? Um, with your emotions when you found out that the stars with Mike Madonna and Sergey Sergey Zubov won, and, and just talk about you know the Stanley Cup as a trophy because I know a lot of people uh, in the sports world might not know much about hockey, but they know about the Stanley Cup. Um, why is is there so much mystique around the Stanley Cup, and why um, is it such a special moment? Even when your team gets to the final and is uh, you know within striking distance, just like these twenty twenty stars.
0: Um, to be honest with you. The, the the mystique around it is that you get you have your name engraved on that thing, and and it'll, it'll be there for quite for quite some time, you know. And for Dallas, uh, 20 years ago, yes, their name was engraved on it, but it was on the losing spectrum, uh, thanks to the New Jersey Devils. But now, um, uh, now here with the uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is a a southernmost uh. Stanley Cup final, it's kind of like uh non traditional, but uh at the time in in nineteen ninety nine and, and two thousand, uh thankfully there was uh some there was also a, a radio station called uh one on one sports who which had uh Papa Joe Chevalier and Arnie Spaniard who is now with uh Fox Sports Radio. But anyhow, uh, that that was like my clue like for me to to tune into to these uh, hockey games, if there was like any uh, updates at the time, so the once around September, October, um, rolled around for that hockey season in which the Stars did reach the final. It was a little bit easier for me, but it wasn't the same watching the game live on television with my backdoor neighbors and. In hearing the score updates on the radio, which would only come like every half hour. But the mystique behind uh, the stars and the Stanley Cup, it's like, how far south has that thing uh, traveled before? Like the actual thing. And I would have to say that uh, Dallas and LA are like probably the two prime most southern markets to have seen this trophy have their names engraved on them, whether it's been on the negative side or the positive side, at least the names are engraved with uh, the full roster. And it's just one of those things that, uh, that will live with the fan base for the longest of times.
1: And, um, you know, coming back to this 2020 stars team, you know, we're in a completely different uh, year. We're in a completely different reality. Um, they're not playing in Dallas, and uh, I'm, I'm just curious to what kind of impact you think this has, um, not just on the players but on the fans? Um, do you think that maybe the city of Dallas or the state of Texas uh, and and hockey in this you know state that's not a hockey hotbed unless you're in the Dallas area? do you think we're we're losing out uh, on an opportunity to grow the sport um, because you know if this was in Dallas, the streets would be full. Uh, it would be a whole another another thing, but because of COVID, they're playing the games uh, in Edmonton at a neutral site. So do you think that this year is a little different, and, and how do you think that affects the players? Because I know it does affect the fans.
0: Um, as far as a, fa- as a fan base and opportunity to cash in, I feel like there is an opportunity missed only because you've already seen plenty of negative uh, hockey stories uh, from the great state of Texas with the with the loss of the San Antonio Rampage recently and with the uh, loss of the Houston Aeros, not too much uh, longer behind, um, it, it kind of feels like a missed opportunity for those uh, bigger towns who have certainly the resources uh, to have a, a team in place. And as far as, and as far as uh, the growth of the game in Texas is concerned, it is completely a missed opportunity. Now, with the games being in the bubble in Edmonton, I just feel like the Stars feel suited right, right in the home of Edmonton because that's where they first got their first the playoff series win as, a, as an organization when they defeated uh, Edmonton to continue the playoff run. And then not only did they beat Edmonton, they also beat Calgary then Colorado, uh, to kind of continue that resurgence in their uh, playoff run back in the day when they captured the uh, the Cup.
1: And, um, you know, this team is, is, is solid. I mean, obviously getting to the Western Conference uh, final, winning the Western Conference, and now making it to the Cup final, they have to be a good team. But the teams that they played against, you know, Calgary – uh, has had their struggles, but they are a solid team. And then to go through the Colorado and and the Vegas Golden Knights, those are two teams that I think if you ask a lot of uh, you know people who follow hockey closely, I think those teams might have been you know on the tongues of a lot of analysts of who was going to advance out of the Western Conference. Dallas knocks off both teams. Uh, it got dicey against Colorado, even though the Stars held a three to one lead, and uh, against Las Vegas, it really seemed like the Stars took it right to the Golden Knights, uh, one in five games. Uh, are you surprised at how well this team is playing? Uh, I know the biggest surprise um, in the hockey world is between the pipes with Anton Hudobin. Uh, that's Doby to everyone who likes the, the shortening of the names. Uh, Doby has been outstanding. The stars, did you see this coming from your team this year when the playoffs started?
0: Absolutely not because they were like – Hanging on to Ben Bishop's hope by a thread, and then the uh, the second that he decides to get healthy is perhaps the uh, the moment that Rick Bonus, the interim head coach, uh, should not have made the uh, should not have made the change in goal against the Colorado series because that only gave Colorado the little bit of momentum that they were looking for in the series to perhaps make a comeback, which nearly happened.
1: It was very, very dicey to see Colorado uh, push that to seven games because, yeah, Dallas was in control. They were up three to one, and then Colorado, who, I mean, they are no slouches. That is an excellent uh, roster. But, yeah, that that did get pretty dicey. But uh, when your team could come back through adversity like that, Uh, and and still win in game seven. You know, that just says the stars are really uh, coming together. And uh, somebody that I know that you are uh, a fan of on most nights and sometimes uh, not so much on others, talk about Alexander Radulov. Talk about some of the roster uh, for this team because uh, I think this has been such an interesting team to watch because, you know, every team has their veterans Um, like Jamie Benn and and Tyler Sagan. But the stars have a different class of veterans between uh, Joe Pavelski, who was a shark for most of his career, and then Corey Perry, who was a a duck for most of his career, well, all of their career before uh, coming to Dallas. Um, So that is an interesting uh, layer of leadership. Uh, And then you have, you know, Ben and Sagan, who everyone knows about Radulov, but then you have a crop of young players like Klinsberg, and then you have a crop of, of super young players like Hayskinen and Kinnavara. It's just a, a, an interesting um, composition of the roster, and I'm sure that uh, it must be pretty exciting to watch this team. Can you talk about um, you know some of your highlights and lowlights of this roster and then why you think they made it uh, to the cup final?
0: Well, I'll begin with some of the lowlights and then uh, ascend upon the highlights. Uh, well, back in the 2008-2009s even into this decade the 11th and 12s and 13s, um Dallas Stars had that reputation of always getting past that first round and always faltering like in the second round just to continuously build on on those playoff runs when uh they had goal uh goalie issues with uh, Oh, man, I'm, I'm trying to remember his, his name. It's not Carrie Lettman, but it was the one before him. Ah, help me here with the goaltending. And it, and it wasn't the spell for Marty Turco. Marty Tur- Turco was kind of like set like the scapegoat of a lot of the issues that plagued the stars. So once they got Turco and in, it as a tandem, once turco went down with, with injury and you had Kerry uh, uh, Lettman and then you had a triple-A goalie uh, come up, it was kind of hard for the Stars to kind of have that constant rhythm. So then you have your your Jamie Benz, your Radulovs, your, your Sagans come in and make the playoffs regularly, but they just never had that a one good series to win, and, he, and it was a lot of early exits. So I felt like the acquisitions of Pavelski and Perry have turned have turned around that face that the Stars uh, needed because they, yes, they had plenty of experience, but they didn't have that experience to end up picking up. Important wins when they most needed. So there you, you have the veteran leadership of Corey Perry, who has been there before with Anaheim, and Joe Pavelski, who has been there with the Sharks before. I I figured like okay, this might be a very special group if they're able to click early on. And sure enough, they were able to click early on when they uh, had a lot of their. Um, Ah, when they had a lot of um, good good early play early on. So then you run into, oh, man, you, you run into the fact in this season, which is still going, when you have to make a coaching change right before the NHL outdoor game. It was not an easy decision to make and oh man it, i i was a little bit shocked because i felt like this team was starting to turn the corner a little bit i don't know how you feel about that coaching change that yes it was um uh, a um a very highly publicized coaching change because nhl decided to put the um uh, to put a little Uh, Ordinance into play to have a little bit more strict conduct off the ice and you and I have had many conversations about this coaching change if you can recall
1: yes I do and it was kind of um, it was out of the blue um, and it was after a couple of coaches had gotten fired for uh, you know, racism or disorderly conduct. So when this happened, uh, and there was not a lot of details that were given out, but there was a public statement. Um, it, it did raise some eyebrows, especially because the stars were, were chugging along when uh, they had to let go of Jim Montgomery. But um, you know, it did turn out that it was uh, you know a personal issue, um, and it just did happen at, at, at uh, you know an inopportune time. But uh, Rick Bonus came on and then led this team. Uh, And then, of course, we have the the Corona break. And it's just it's been a strange, strange year. Um, And I was actually going to go up and see that Stars team um, in the middle of March. I already had my tickets. We were set to go. But um, yeah, then the, the virus shut down the season. Um, two or three months off, and then they're back to playing hockey. I mean, I just can't imagine uh, the whirlwind it's been for these players and these coaches and these coaching staff. So I I commend these players for even being able to play a Stanley Cup final in a time like this. You know, your family uh, isn't around for much of it. I know that the teams that made the final uh, were able to get uh, family in town if they were Canadian. Um, I know even some American players could not just because of of travel restrictions so it's been a tough a tough go but um i I think that this is an excellent stars team i mean even if uh tampa bay does win this series um i think this is a team that's built for so long i mean they they decided to sign pavelski for three years and Uh, That was the deal breaker with the Sharks. The Sharks were willing to offer him two years. But, uh, you know, Pavelski has always taken the pay cut and he's always been the team player. And I think uh, it was well within his rights to go for a Stanley Cup. And uh, now we're we're sitting here with the stars still alive and able to compete for that Stanley Cup. So I, I, I commend Pavelski. Uh, and I'm really glad to see the team rally around a player like that. I mean, he's leading the team in goals. The only player with more goals in this playoffs is is Braden Point on the other side, and that's a superstar. So Pavelski is still kicking in his mid to late 30s. So um, it is it is an amazing team to watch. And uh, I have a soft spot for these stars. I mean, I didn't grow up a, a fan of that that team, but I watched so many of their games on TV, and uh, I started to get a, a real... Um, uh, I really love to hear Daryl Ray call games on, on Fox Sports. He's a eccentric broadcaster, commentator. And, uh, you know, the, the jersey change, it took me a while to get used to that bright Kelly green after they had the forest green for so many years. But it really seems like the Dallas Stars have finally, finally turned that corner, like you mentioned, after being a, a first-round-to-exit type of team, maybe two rounds deep. But, um, you know, this was their first conference final trip with this – Group of of guys with Ben uh, and Sagan, and and you know they won that conference final, so it is exciting. Um, and and like we said earlier, I really wish it was different circumstances because um, I think this could have done a lot for hockey in Texas. But um, it's uh it's a weird limbo that we're in. But I think that that if the Stars do win this uh, win this series, um, there still is a chance for a little bit of a boost, just because um you know it's it's proving that um hockey does belong in in markets outside of just canada and outside of just um the southern uh, outside of just the northern part of north america where it's cold that the hockey can exist where it's hot (laughs) and that's something that um it has to be proven year after year but i mean look at these stars they hosted an outdoor game this year um and they packed the uh the cotton bowl in dallas i mean Texas hockey is in a weird place because of the teams they've lost, but um, you have to admit there are some pretty passionate hockey fans, uh, no matter what corner of the of the country you're in, including right here in the valley. Uh,
0: you, you know, as I watched the uh, Winter Classic this year uh, at a friend's house, it was um, it was a great sight to see the Cotton Bowl uh, full to the rafters against the uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, a team that's been a uh, nemesis on the stars uh, heels for quite some time. And now that it's uh Dallas who has had uh, kind of that uh, upper hand on the, uh, on the Nashville predators now uh, with the uh, playoffs going the way they are right now, uh, one just ha- has to wonder like with Jamie Benn being the, uh, the captain and, and he's taken a lot of like heavy criticism, like, oh, he doesn't score when when they most need him. and He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. For for being the uh, for being the captain of the team. And then it it it, it also hurts to see um, John Kleinberg also take a, a a little bit of the heat because, oh, he's always creating some bad passes inside the defensive zone that leads to opposition's getting uh either quick breakaway goals or soft goals given up you know with the coaching change that that happened i think bonus has found his strengths as a good scoring defenseman and i think with bonus's game plan is to really have defensemen go on and make attacks if the, if they need to he he likes to play with the defensive guys going up front, being proactive on the offense. I don't know what your assessment to that would be.
1: Oh, yeah, and I think that's a big part of why um, we have the two Stanley Cup participants that we have this year. Um, because of active defense, I mean the the Tampa Bay Lightning have uh, Mikhail Sergachev and uh, Victor Hedman. Uh, they have a very active defense that are scoring goals. And and if you look at Dallas, it's it's a lot of the same thing there between Klinberg and Heiskanen and even uh, the the giant Jamie Olissiac. Um, they're scoring goals from the point they're they're getting active and uh, if you're a hockey fan and you're listening to this uh, I'm sure you know how how much the league has changed from defensemen just being you know big tall tree trunks to stop uh, progress from the other team and now they've turned into uh, a lot of times they're still tall players but um, there's smaller defensemen that that contribute offensively, and and speed has really uh, taken the the National Hockey League by storm. Um, it's it's exciting to watch uh, hockey these days because anybody who touches the puck has the ability to skate uh, like the wind, to skate in circles, to take the puck end to end and score goals, and and you see that from Haskinen, uh, you see that from from all over. Uh, a lot of rosters in the league and the teams that have active defense are the teams that are usually the most successful. Um, It it was interesting to see St. Louis win last year and they had a little bit of a, a bigger, slower defense, but they still were able to contribute on offense. And, um, I mean, if you're just a casual hockey fan, I think it's important to to remember that, you know, if you're not scoring goals, you have to be doing something effective. And, and if, uh, on defense, you can be effective on the offense, just moving the puck, you know, just being able to make a big outlet path to get the, the puck from your end to the other end really quickly, to be able to skate into the zone with the puck. So, yeah, hockey has really, really changed in the last, I don't know, five years, and um, I think Dallas's roster is really built to uh, – to To play to that style, and I think that's why they're they're so hard to to stop because their defenses are offensive, but they're also two way defensemen, so they don't give a lot of space. They can jump up on the rush when they need to, and um, the stars are. Um, I think they're they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. Like I said, for for years to come, especially um, in that central division where where Chicago has had their their issues and Nashville has has had their up and downs. I think. Uh, Dallas and Colorado um, along with Vancouver they're going to be the teams to really contend in the West for years and years
0: you, you know you brought up something about the uh, Blues having uh slow de- defensemen. let's not forget that they won the cup with a rookie goaltender that basically participated a lot with the uh, San Antonio Rampage and Jordan Villa yeah Binnington Bill-
1: That's right. Yeah. Bennington came from the rampage and uh, it is sad to see hockey, um, Uh, leaves the San Antonio area with the Spurs uh, Entertainment Group, selling the team uh, to the Vegas area to be the Golden Knights affiliate. And uh, it is a blow for hockey. And, um, you know, we kind of had a chat about this recently. But um, one thing that you mentioned uh, a while earlier in our conversation was that it's going to be hard for hockey to capitalize on this situation. And uh, it's going to be hard to take advantage of the situation in Texas because, uh, you know, the game is not uh, being held in Dallas, and we're losing so many ice rinks, and um, if, if you're not aware, the rink in McAllen, Texas, um, the Frill Grand Ice Center, um, the last thing I heard is that they were taking the skating equipment out of the rink, so we're not sure if we're going to have an ice rink within hundreds of miles of this area, so um, it is tough to see hockey take so many blows in Texas, but um, I'm coming to you as, uh, as someone who started an organization to teach the skills of hockey to teach the skills of skating, um, on wheels instead of on ice skates. Um, and I think that's what's got to happen around, uh, around the country because, um, we can't be naive to think that hockey is for everyone yet. We can't pretend like everyone can just pick up a stick and pick up ice skates and and learn this game. Uh, I think that the, the best way to get into hockey is to play hockey, but, the best way to play hockey does not always have to be on ice. I mean, I've played most of my hockey in the front yard when I was a kid in middle school and high school, um, and uh, I learned to skate kind of on my own at places like Fantasyland, uh, just skating outside with with inline skates. And um, once I put that that hockey uh, on inline skates together, you know, from being a street hockey player to being someone that kind of knows how to skate, all right. Um, I started to skate a little bit better and a little bit more. I found a group to play roller hockey. And then, you know, a few months later, we started an organization because I just figured that um, the best way to get people into something is to give them a chance, whether that's just putting a stick in their hand, um, whether that's just, you know, letting them skate around for the first time, you know, with no uh, real expectations because um, hockey kind of has a lot of issues with marketing and there's the NFL right there, college football, baseball, basketball, every sport that's more popular, I think is more popular because you could play them in gyms, uh, in gym class in third and fourth grade. You could go uh, out at recess and throw around a football or shoot a basketball, but hockey Uh, It isn't in the hands of people unless you're in Canada and unless you're in somewhere where the ice freezes over. And I think the NHL really needs to take a good hard look at street hockey, at roller hockey, at, at giving kids a stick, you know, even if it has like a foam end on it for safety. I just think that more people need to be um give it an opportunity to play this sport otherwise um it's going to be the same people that continue to play this game Uh, a lot of times you come from you know affluent areas and um you know that's why hockey does have issues sometimes with diversity and inclusion and things like that and if you want hockey to grow you have to tap into other markets like how texas has you know millions and millions of Latino people, Um, you know, if you're not reaching out to markets like that and and advertising in Spanish and advertising to African-Americans and Asians and, you know, it feels like hockey is just kind of an insider club and the people that know about hockey know about it. But um, I I don't know how any sport grows that way with being um, so, um, you know, secret society almost. I think hockey has a lot of room for growth, um, even more than other sports that have really been uh, accessible to everyone. So even though hockey has um, seen better days in Texas, like when the Killer Bees uh, were here for almost 10 years, um, I, I do think that, that hockey is not going anywhere. You know, there's always going to be the ability to play the sport outside. And um, I'm just glad that uh, even though I'm not a kid anymore, I still have such a joy when I'm playing the game, uh, when I'm when I'm watching the game with friends that, you know, kind of know what's going on um and and i just want to you know give anyone who might enjoy hockey or any parents that grew up watching hockey and now they have kids like there is going to be something um for hockey lovers in the valley as long as i have anything to say about, about it um even if there's not a place that they want to take our money and, and make us, you know, pay for tickets. And, uh, you know, that's not always the approach. I I don't think you could always make money off of people. Sometimes you just need to give them an experience and, and give it to them for free or at a low cost. And, and eventually they might invest in it themselves, but, um, I'm here to make sure that hockey, uh, gets enjoyed. And that's why I was really glad to speak to you. So we could just talk uh, about the the best sport in the world. It's, it's really great.
0: Now. And I appreciate you taking uh, the invite, Nate, uh, Thanks for your time. I, I truly appreciate being able to talk about uh, the Dallas Stars Cup run. Uh, I mean, I know you're particularly a, a fan of the uh, San Jose Sharks, and and my they, they've been a little bit of a struggle, but I, I kind of want to see a little bit of the uh, of the West Coast have a little bit of the success. I mean, yeah, I know the Ducks wanted uh, some time ago and so of the Kings, but, you know, it's good. Kind of give that San Francisco, San Jose area a little bit of the love now.
1: Oh, yeah. It's been, uh, it's been rough, uh, to be a Sharks fan. I mean, I've grown up loving this team, uh, because I was born out there in San Jose, and, um, most of my hockey, uh, fandom has been just watching the Sharks, seeing if Marlowe and Thornton and Pavelski could get their cup together. But, um, I think as I've, you know, finished college, um, I've really started to appreciate the sport for so many other things. And, um, you know, I still am a Sharks fan. I still, you know, have my teal jerseys and my teal hats, but uh, at the same time, you know, watching the sport, um, has, has really changed for me. I, I really enjoy it to watch, you know, young players enter the league and make impact right away, even if they're not playing on my team. And that's guys like, uh, Elias Petterson and um you know Jack Hughes coming in uh Capo Caco, you know the the players that get drafted and and in one or two years are already in the top 5 scoring like it's just really cool to see how quickly the sport is growing and and maybe not in markets like ours just yet but in places um that have been hockey hotbeds you're starting to see younger players making an impact earlier and uh and then there's players like Austin Matthews who I think he's the the pinnacle of what hockey growth in, in unconventional markets could look like. He was born in Scottsdale, Arizona, and in in Arizona the, the Phoenix Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes had their junior team and he played, you know, in the Arizona area, um, growing up a coyotes fan. And and that's something that wouldn't have existed, you know, thirty years ago. Um, and, and just like, I grew up a Sharks fan in, in 95, I was born in 2000. I went to my first games, like the kids that were born in the 2000s, um, saw hockey in a lot of different areas. Um, Florida with the team in Tampa and Miami, Dallas with the team, uh, in the North Texas area. Um, now hockey is, is coming from other markets. Also, you're seeing players that, that grew up in, in California making the NHL. And that wasn't a thing in the 60s and in the 50s as often. You know, hockey was was a New York, Boston, Minnesota thing if it was in the U.S. And, of course, the majority of the players came from, you know, Saskatchewan or Toronto or Montreal and these areas in Canada. Um, It is such a geographical game. Uh, There are a lot of players from from Finland and and Sweden and, and Russia, but... Um in the US the the market is, is in different areas now. And I think that's what's so exciting is to know that even though hockey does have its struggles with so many, so many things and I think I, I can never be shy to call out what hockey isn't doing right because if you want to see what you love flourish, you know, you have to you have to have that constructive criticism. But um I, I know that the sport does have a lot of room to grow into. I know that there can be hockey um, more players with Latino last names, more players that are black, more players that are uh, indigenous or first nations, like these are people that that could love this game as well. You turn on a hockey game and if you watch the action and and understand what's really going on and see how quick they're moving and how crisp the past are, um, this sport is for everyone to consume, but we just have to make sure it's for everyone to play, and that's what we're going to make sure. um, You know, Teams like the Anaheim Ducks and the LA Kings and the San Jose Sharks, along with the Mighty Ducks movie, along with Wayne Gretzky coming to California, it is a slow moving process, but little by little, the sport does reach new markets. And, you know, hockey is pretty big in California, uh, believe it or not. Um, In in Southern California, they have a ton of inline hockey, a ton of ice rinks. Um, The Ducks have a lot of uh, farm, you know, youth markets. The Kings have a lot of youth markets. The Sharks, I believe, are the biggest adult league in, in America, which is crazy to think. But in San Jose, you know, the population is a million people and not to mention San Francisco is right there. And, um, you know, Oakland, you know, there's so many people in the state of California that, you know, you put three hockey teams there and all of them have various levels of success. The Sharks being the one that don't have a Stanley cup, but they've went to, you know, conference finals and they've, won the division so many times like the the fan base in San jose is 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 great the fan base in la is obviously great and anaheim is obviously great and even in dallas it's it's great markets that love their sports uh regardless of it being hockey so i think that the the sport of hockey isn't going anywhere but but we have a lot of work to do and i'm here to do that work um rgv roller has spoken to people you know, within the league, who know that hockey needs a push of youth, that needs a push of inclusion, needs a push of affordability, and we're going to do that. So, if anyone's a hockey fan listening up from the valley, look up RGB Roller, um, get in contact with me. If you play roller hockey by any chance and you don't know where to find a game, let me know because I can put you in touch with folks that are. are are experienced hockey players. There have been people who've been playing hockey here for 30 years in this area, believe it or not. So hockey isn't going anywhere and uh, go stars.
0: Nate Matha, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Uh, I look forward to chatting with you soon.
1: Yeah, we will be in touch. I'm always glad to be on your show. Uh, you're doing great work uh, down here in South Texas. You know, we're a really fun area, and Ray does a great job. So, uh, thank you so much, South Texas Board of Sports, for having me.
0: Thank you, Nate. We'll see you soon.
1: All right, bye bye.
0: Hello, sports fans of the Rio Grande Valley. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget, we drop episodes every Monday here on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. We are the only sports media producing a pro sports RGB podcast here in the Rio Grande Valley. Thanks for listening to the South Texas Border Sports podcast, which drops every Monday on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thank you for listening.